what can I do to, I want to attract people organically. I want people like you're saying that you love the content on there. I want people to, to find us on the web to go, wow, these people really know the area. I want them to help me. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, Executive Vice President, Strategic Partnerships with Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 287 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Wow, 300 right around the corner. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. Uh, this week, I, I get to talk to a, another boutique uh, broker owner. I love what these people do for the industry. I love how they are so focused on their community. They're so focused on bringing great information to their customers and their their, their people that are going to be their customers. Uh, and this week, it's Christina Kusick. She is with uh, the broker owner of Town and Parish Realty in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I've never had someone from Baton Rouge on the podcast. You know, I'm sure LSU is going to come up because she went to LSU, and uh, I'm now living in the South myself. And so the the SEC network is just amazing. Uh, the way these uh, the sports here is just a whole other level compared to where I grew up in in California. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Let's get started. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Bill. Thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, I am so excited. You know, it's, it's it's such a small world. We we run in similar circles, but we've never really had a chance to have a conversation. So I'm really excited to meet you today, uh, chat with you. Um, and it's weird. Uh, Rate my agent is kind of what brought us together, right? Because you know we're um, you're helping us out in Baton Rouge, which is very cool. And speaking of Baton Rouge, first of all, am I saying that right? You are saying it right. Nope, you're good. <laughs> good. Good. I don't want to. Do I have to say Baton Rouge? Or okay, okay, good. <laughs> I look, my knowledge is very limited. I, I know it's like the second largest city in Louisiana. New Orleans is number one. I know that you have this amazing SEC football team, the LSU Tigers. And when you say go Tigers, for some reason, there's an X in the word go. Well, I don't understand that. And this is so special for me. Driving from Phoenix to relocate to St. Petersburg, my son and I, it was a mission. We had to stop at the original Raising Canes, which turns out is right outside the campus. So yes. if nothing, Baton Rouge has the first Raising Canes. And everyone else listening probably has no idea what we're talking about, but too bad for them because they're missing the best chicken fingers and Texas toast I've ever had in my life. So how'd I do? Is that Baton Rouge? That is Baton Rouge. I got a great story about Raising Canes, Bill. I don't know if you know the story about this. So Todd Graves is the founder of Raising Canes. He was a, a student at LSU. I think he was in a, a maybe some kind of business class. And the project was to come up with a business and, you know, pitch it to the class. Well, the, he came up with he's going to do chicken fingers. His restaurant is going to be chicken fingers. It's fried chicken fingers. And you get three or four or two. You don't get a salad. You don't get grilled. You get fried chicken fingers. That's it. His professor told him it would never, ever work. I, I wonder so many times, has he gone back to that professor and said, hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, the Raising Cane's that it's named from his dog. 
Uh, he was just on our local news the other day. I was watching him about something and uh, his dog was a yellow lab. And so we're on Raising Cane 3 now um, because the first one passed away, the second one. So we're on three, but uh, it was a yellow lab and he was Raising Cane and that was his name. And so that's what Todd named his uh, his restaurant. And he started local. He is now franchised out into other states. And it's just a great story about not ever letting someone tell you you can't do something. And that's why I wanted to tell you this story because it's really been, I think about Todd a lot. Whenever I feel like I've fallen down and scraped my knees here at this brokerage, or when I was first starting and said, you know, people would say, oh, what, what are you doing? You're too old. You're too this. You're too whatever. No, I, you know, I kind of channel my inner Todd Graves and say, if he can do it, I can do it. So um, he's been a real inspiration to a lot of people in Baton Rouge. And that's why I wanted to take a little bit of time to to kind of talk about that. But it's a great story. And I'm just like I said, we, my husband and I were out last night. We were coming home late and we drove through Canes and that's what we had for dinner. So it was so funny that you brought that up today. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, there there are none where I live, so it's not fun. But when I go back to Phoenix, I always make a trip. So uh, awesome. Just an amazing place. So if, if you have a chance, if you're ever near area of Raising Cane's, trust me, just go have, you know, get a, th- a, buy, a three box, a three pack. Uh, it's just amazing. Um, yep. What I'm missing some really important stuff. I, you have an amazing website we're going to talk about later. Tell me some other key things about Baton Rouge I should know. When you come to visit, well, Baton Rouge is the state capital. I guess I okay. need to start there. A lot of people yeah. think that New Orleans is the state capital, and it is not. Baton Rouge is the state capital. So this is where, you know, all of our legislation happens. Uh, we just had uh, Realtor Day two weeks ago. So we went through that. That was really cool to do and go see. When you come to visit Baton Rouge, get ready to eat. We like <laughs> to eat here. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Uh, speaking of eating, I actually like, oh, one of the things about Baton Rouge, and it's not really Baton Rouge, it's more Louisiana. We are the only state that has parishes. So you guys have counties. You guys, right. every, all of y'all have oh, counties. Um, we have parishes. So Baton Rouge um, is in East Baton Rouge Parish. Uh, I live right outside of Baton Rouge in Ascension Parish, and I want to bring that up because I live near a city called Gonzales, which is the jambalaya capital of the world. Wow. Wow. (laughs) And if you don't know what jambalaya is, it is (laughs) chicken, sausage, your trinity. So you're in Louisiana, so you have your holy trinity, which is your onions, your bell peppers, and your celery. Uh, all cooked down and it's cooked with rice. Uh, the new thing is pastalaya. So instead of rice, it's pasta. Wow. Oh I'm my in. God. I'm in. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That, you can't think Louisiana without thinking of that. That's, that's, I think that's amazing. I want to talk about the weather because I, I grew up in San Diego for nearly 40 years probably the best weather in the world. Wouldn't you imagine? I mean, it's the high, if you're on the coast, the high is 72 and the low is 64. You know, that's like a typical day. It's just very um, amazing weather. And we relocated to St. Petersburg in 2017, just in time for a little uh, little storm called Irma, which when you've never been through a hurricane, you know, it felt like the largest thing that was ever going to happen to us. Um, we, we, di- we discovered 
uh, that the, the weather channel is the devil. You don't, because when you're new, all you do is watch the weather channel 24 seven. And <laughs> I told Cindy, the next time we're having a storm, we're going to check in every now and then, but we are going to force ourselves to stay away from that because it really, it, the, the Tom Petty, Florida guy at the waiting is the hardest part is absolutely true. But now you live in a place that boy, I mean, there have been some really, really terribly, you know, tragic storms. Uh, you know, you can go back to 1905, right, with Katrina. And and then lately there's been this run just to the west of you, Lake Charles, is in, in, in I'm sure your area. Tell me, you know, you're a realtor and you ha- there are people that are moving into this area. How do you handle those conversations? Because I am sure, other than alligators, right, I am sure hurricanes come up a lot. Well, how do you talk about those? In Baton Rouge, we are lucky. We are far enough from the coast. Even though we're only about 80 miles from New Orleans, mm-hmm. we are where they go to seek refuge. Okay. So a lot of the people from the coast, Grand Isle, New Orleans, they come up to visit us. So we're very lucky that we're just far enough. We don't get a lot of damage. Um, not to say that we haven't. So we had one in, uh, I don't remember the, the year, 2007 maybe, uh, Gustav came through and it was a lot, it kind of skirted around New Orleans, came up to us and it was a lot of wind damage. So a lot of our neighborhoods that had the, the established trees, that kind of stuff, they had a lot of damage, a lot of electricity out. We had electricity out for a couple weeks after Katrina. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we had the influx of all of the extra people from right. there. So what I tell people when they're coming in is don't 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 panic. Don't let it freak you out. We're we're far enough away that we typically don't get anything. The locals here, we don't start worrying until we see cat four. We're like, ah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> One of the things that we do um, I, I put it, well, we put out a blog at, you know, hurricane season starts on June 1st. Mm-hmm. So we put out a little blog of what you need to do to get ready. And one of the things that we tell people is, you know, start when you go to the grocery store, p- start picking up an extra pack of toilet paper, some of your Vienna sausages, some extra bottles of water or cases of water. Every time you go to the store, pick up a little something extra. That stuff saves. That's going to keep you from having to panic by when there's a storm coming. Then you're just going to need to go get your fresh stuff. And then, you know, season's over or during the season, you're going to use that kind of, then you're going to use that stuff anyway. So it's not like you're wasting anything, but the panic buying is, you know, it's real. You experienced it in Florida, I'm sure. So we try to prepare people with, you know, just start, start stocking up during the hurricane season so that you're not caught, but we're lucky that we're far enough away. We don't get too much. Yeah. You mentioned the June 1st start, the, but the, it's, it, the activity really hits in August and September. So that's, that's a perfect time. So June and July, just kind of just start thinking about it, being conscious of it. Yeah. I like that idea. That's great. It is a June 1st start, but we just had something over the weekend. That's <laughs> it, right. Yep. We just had something over the weekend. Um, Everybody was like, oh no, we're not ready for the cone of uncertainty. That's what, you know, when they, and and it seems like last year we lived in the cone of uncertainty for so many things. And then we threw hurricane season in there that was just all over the place. And there's four people in 
Lake Charles. You just, you just got to feel for them. They just keep getting yeah. hammered. It just keeps coming through there. It's just amazing. Um, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll switch up topics here. We, we'll talk about something, you know, not as scary, but boy, is it important to where to people who live in the South and that's a, uh, that's SEC football. I always love it when I have a guest. Now, now I, I my research showed that you went to LSU, right? You, you're, a, you're a tiger. Kind of. Uh oh. No. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. So you're supposed to go. Yep, I didn't. Tri- I grew up here. This is me. So you got a story here. Where, where, where are we headed? Yeah, with I kind of have a little story here. Like I do most things differently in my life, I do them backwards. Uh, I'm a Gator fan. What? What? Now, wait a minute. I, I have two, <laughs> two dear friends who are went to Florida, um, like early 90s, right? And the team they despise the most, well, besides Tennessee, I think everybody hates Tennessee for some reason, but man, they do not like LSU. And the, there's a Gator-Tiger rivalry that blows me away because I'm like, Georgia's closer to Florida and Alabama's closer to Florida, but for some reason... You know, and then there was the the whole thing with the storms and moving home games, and people thought that people were playing tricks on each other. So there's this huge. How do you live in Baton Rouge? How do you go to LSU yet be a Gator <laughs> be a Gator fan? Very carefully. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So, like when I said I do things backwards in my life, um, I was not a traditional LSU student. I did not go to college right out of high school like most people do. Um, I was 26 or 27 years old when I finally, when I decided to go. And um, at that point I was working at LSU (laughs) 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 Um, in the accounting departments and took advantage. I was married, had a child and took advantage of they let you go to school for the position that you were in. So I went for my accounting hours. And, um, but I did during Gator week, I would come in all dressed, my big mug and, you know, we like our gumbo here and that LSU campus was a big pot and I was a great big paddle, just stirring it up. Wow. So you would wear (laughs) Gator gear to work on campus at LSU. Sean, Todd, if you're listening to this, you need to reach out to Christina. She's amazing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) There's going to be some stories here. Um, Wow. Okay. All right. So, so Joe Barrow, no big deal to you. I mean, he is a good, he's a great quarterback and you guys had a great, I mean, the, the, put it this way, Tiger fans had a great year with a, with a championship with a, with Ed and everything, but uh, you were just like, no, no big deal. Well, no, I mean, I love, I love our LSU Tigers, but when good. the Gators good. come to town, you know, I don't hate on the LSU Tigers. I love them. I'm, good. you know, I support them. Um, it's just when the Gators come to town, I have to kind of recheck out. So I am, I was born and half raised in Daytona Beach, Florida. So uh, right down the street from UF and yeah. it was just enough to kind of get me going. Uh, I always wanted to go to UF after out of high school and it just wasn't, you know, the opportunity didn't present itself. So I just kind of held on to it and then it turned into I can get people riled up with this. <laughs> <laughs> You're not so kidding. As, yeah. as sweet as people think I am, um, I like to just kind of stir the pot a little bit. And so, yeah, but the Joe Burrow thing was incredible. It was such, it was so needed. It was just such a great opportunity for that kid. And man, would he have a story to tell? 
the yeah. rest of his life. And, yeah. you know, yeah. at the beginning, you said something about we spell, we spell go funny. We spell, it's not G O, it's G E A U X. Ah, and okay. by the time that Joe Burrow was finishing up, we presented, we, we collectively Baton Rouge presented yeah. him a jersey and we officially changed his name to B-U-R-R-E-A-U-X. Burrow. <laughs> I mean, I love if it. you're going to play awesome. the part, you got to, yeah. you got to wear the jersey. So <laughs> well, it would be fun to see what he can do up in Cincinnati. I mean, they, they definitely need the help. So I'm, I'm rooting for the kid. I mean, he was, it was amazing to see what he did. Yep. So yeah, yep. now hopefully he recovers well from his injury and, and has a great year. So let's, let's talk about real estate. We have to do that. Like, like many people, it wasn't your first career. I'm just kind of guessing that from, you know, mm -hmm. what you were doing at, at LSU. Um, how did real estate come into the picture? So again, going backwards into everything that I do, I was in real estate right out of high school. I was a wow. receptionist okay. as at a local, you know, local company receptionist. Then I got moved up to the listing secretary, you know, when you had to type out the little cards to put nice. in the duty room. Yeah. I'm yeah, showing my nice. age, um, yeah. typing, typing cards for the duty room. Then I got yeah. moved up to the sales secretary where I was processing the closings, uh, took some time off to get married and have a baby and went into accounting, you know, years past 2002, we bought a house and our agent in Ascension Parish from moving from East Baton Rouge Parish. And uh, my agent reached out to me and said, Hey, you were so organized. You were so on top of things. I need some help getting my office together. Would you come, you know, help me and be my assistant? So I got in, I was her assistant. Then she asked me to get my license. Nice. So I got my license. She got sick. I kind of took over her business for a while while she recovered she came back and I had a child that was about to start driving. And I was like, you know, I got to do something here. So uh, I went off on the Thursday before Katrina hit was my last day with her. I was going off to be an individual agent and I kept just praying. Am I doing the right thing? Yeah. Yeah. That was Thursday. Katrina hit Saturday. Oh, boy. Wow. So uh, I'm just going to guess business um, slowed down a little bit. Um, no. The other way around. Crazy. Because everybody wow. in New Orleans who lost everything, anybody that had any kind of money or any way of getting a loan, yeah. they were buying everything up in Baton Rouge. Business fell in your lap. Yep. Wow. So that, so you, this is um, your, your little local brokerage at this time. In your career, uh, they were they were a regional, so they were in Re New okay. Orleans and Baton Rouge. Okay, good. It was the same the same place that I had worked at as a young girl. Wow. They had merged, and they were a regional company then. Okay, yeah. good. And then you make a move, make an interesting move. You you go from um, a few years down the road. You know you you move over to Keller Williams, and I always I think did. of Keller Williams as um, a great place to like cut your teeth and a great place to learn. I mean, their training is so critical, right? To the Keller Williams mm -hmm. philosophy. Um, but you, you moved over there. What, what, what drew you into Keller Williams? 
so that was about 2009. I think I made the, I made the move in 2011. Okay. In 2009, that's when I was uh, on active reign and started blogging. Um, I actually reached out right. to ah, that. No, Bobby at Dagno. Oh, Bobby. I, <laughs> sure, Bobby Carroll. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Bobby, Bobby Carroll at Dagno. Yeah. Um, I had started going to the the Retso conferences and sure. met those guys. Did you go to a bar camp or two? Yeah. Oh, good. No, oh yeah, yeah. I did. I did go to a couple of bar camps as well. But um, yeah. so I met them at Retso and, and met a lot of people there. And I had them build me a website. You know, it was kind of it was it was like the beginning of the internet, even yes. though it wasn't. It was. It was for real estate. It was the beginning of the internet for real estate. So I started blogging. I started hearing a lot of people and and on Active Rain about IDX feeds, and I was like, "Ooh, what's this? I want yeah. this. I need to yeah. be a part of this." Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the brokerage that I was at did not allow me to have my own IDX feed. Ah, okay. So uh, my, I have a good friend in New Orleans, and everybody may know her. Her name is Lisa Heindel. And Lisa and I were friends, and we had never met, but we were great friends, 80 miles apart, had never really gotten together with each other. She had just left the same regional company I was at, Wanda uh, Keller Williams, to start her own IDX feed. So she was kind of in my ear talking about Keller and that kind of stuff. And so I did some research here and found out that I could have my own IDX feed at the Keller Williams here. It just seemed like the right thing for me to do. I was ready to jump on that train. I'm, I, I, I want to be a first adopter. Yeah. And I wasn't able to do that. I love those guys where I was and I still admire them, but, um, you know, at the time, their leadership didn't let me do that, so I went on. <laughs> yeah, that think I'm thinking about that time. I was in Phoenix at that time, and there there was a definite split in the broker owner world about who got to do what, you know, and how this was going to work out. Um, yeah, and a couple of couple a couple of maybe just kind of old timers just didn't think it was the way to go, and they were they were obviously not right. <laughs> when, it comes yeah. to, when it comes to that decision, let's talk about your website, uh, townandparish.com. It, it is, it's such a cool site. I, it, the, the blogging is a part of who you are. It's baked yeah. into you, that low hyperlocal content. It's so cool. I ever tell everybody, anybody listening, go check it out. It's, it's the, it's classic. Um, and I can find out anything about Baton Rouge that I need to find there. I'm pretty sure. So let's talk about that, that first of all, Moving to your own brokerage, this this is, you know, moving to Keller Williams was a big deal because, you know, you had been at this company for a number of years, but there's nothing bigger than opening your own. How did that decision come about? Um, you're married, you know, you're sure your husband had to be a part of that decision. <laughs> how did that, how, uh, how did that happen? So after Keller Williams, I'm shaking my head no when he says your husband was part of that decision. For those of you, you can't see me, but I'm shaking my head no (laughs) because I do everything backwards. That's Um, (laughs) right. I was at Keller Williams, and I did go to a locally owned, um, just you know, a, a boutique shop for a little while. You know, I just was in there, and I was I was helping doing some training, and I was like. Gosh, Christina, what are you doing? You're about to be 50. You can do this. And then I had Lisa in my 
other ear. Um, (laughs) You know, I was watching her doing some things. And so I went to the guy that I was working with at that time and said, look, I'm going to get my broker's license. This is what I want to do. And um, again, he was so grateful. Uh, It was Pennant Real Estate here in Baton Rouge. He is so you'll enjoy this. He was part of the national championship team and a player when they had the, <laughs> and here I am, the big Gator fan oh boy. in real estate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love the name tenant real estate. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it makes, yeah. it makes much sense. Um, yeah. I'm not a big sports person, so I didn't, you know, I'm like, eh, you know, I never grasped onto it really hard, but I went to Leo and told him what I wanted to do. And he was so gracious and so kind and um, kind of helped me along the way. But uh, it was born. I was at a conference. Stacy Staub does the Genuine Hustles. Yeah. And I was at a Genuine Hustle in North Carolina. And we were all sitting around talking. And, you know, my little friends, my real estate friends were like, what are you doing? do it, do it. You know, they kind of behind me peer pressure. So I started laying it out and putting it together. And I think my husband found out when I, we were on a beach vacation and I let it slip. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I would love for you to tell me, like, I know that, that people go to your website for content, for information, Um, you know, active Rainer. I mean, one of the original bloggers, like you talk about, can you give me give me an example or two how this um, hyper local focus has helped your business? Like, is there a story that you can tell about somebody who discovered you? I don't, I don't know that there's one story that comes to mind. Um, I know that I've always felt that it's really important to be involved in the community, yeah. and I'm always looking around in the community, and I'm always thinking about if I were visiting here what would I want to know? And it's got to be more about real estate. You know, so many people are just like real estate, real estate, real estate. What can I do to, I want to attract people organically. I want people like you're saying that you love the content on there. I want people to, to find us on the web to go, wow, these people really know the area I want them to help me. So, you know, we do the best burgers. Where do you go fishing? Where do you do this? Where do you do that? Um, what's going on? Um, of course, we stay away from some of the stuff that's kind of, you know, we're, we have some hot topic right now in Ascension Parish with flooding and our parish president has put a 12-month moratorium on building. That's really hot topic. So I'm kind of, you know, I, I kind of want to stay back from that a little bit right. and let this kind of settle down. But, you know, we, we're more about where's the best hamburger in town <laughs> because, you know, that's what, you that's me, what people want to know. Fluffy and I like yeah. to eat. <laughs> <laughs> fluffy. Fluffy. That's what people want to know. I think that's, I think that's so important. I always like to like, you know, leave some tips with the, uh, with listeners. You were an, you were an agent who had, 15 plus years in the business, you knew the business, you know how to sell real estate. Is there a piece of advice that you would give someone in the same situation that's thinking about opening up their own shop? Anything you would tell them? Don't reinvent the wheel. Okay. Use your resources. Yeah. At, at, at the root of this. So I wanted to change what a brokerage was. When I 
opened up, I was like, I've been for a regional company. I've been at a national and I've been at a local. I've been experienced. I've been new. What is on each path? What was lacking? What would I have wanted to see? And that's what I've tried to build here. But at the end of the day, your tree trunk is the same. So don't try to do that. Your branches are what's going to change. Use those resources. Reach out to your agent friends and ask questions. You're, you know, I'm so, so incredibly blessed that I have so many real estate friends that are brokers and even those that aren't that have like lifted me. I've been able to talk to them and bounce ideas off of them. You know, at the beginning, I wanted to do it all myself because I can do this by myself. And um, I learned very quickly that you need to you need to use those resources and um, people want to help you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You, I, I would imagine as a, as a blogger and with the content you have that you're, you're, you're a more referral based, uh, um, brokerage, but, but is there, is there space in your world for prospecting or lead generation? I mean, how do you balance those two? Cause there are definitely two. It's one or the other for some people, some are all in on just one. How do you, how do you handle it? I was always a referral base. I was lucky enough when I got into the business that both of my children were in school. So, you know, I wore branded everything everywhere and got involved and talked to people. So I'm lucky enough. And then with the blogging and stuff like that. So I've been lucky, but there is a place for the, the lead prospecting and the lead generation and prospecting. Yeah. And we do have some of that. Um, we, uh, we have another website that's just for our, uh, you know, our, it's our IDX website and that's for capturing leads online, people that just want to see houses. And, you know, we have a whole system set up in the back end for our agents that, you know, if, if the lead comes in, if they call, you put them on, you know, this is what you do next. If they, if you talk to them and they have this answer, this is what you do next. So we're working through that with them, um, trying to make it as easy as possible. I just remember when I first started, nobody told me. So I have all of this stuff set up in the back end just to try to make it easier for those agents. There's that, uh, that accountant side of you kind of sneaking back into yeah. the picture, right? Working in that world where, where everything has to be exact. There's no, there's no fluffy in accounting. You know that, right? <laughs> there's no fluffy in accounting. <laughs> yeah. oh, everything's got to end up balancing. Christina, this has uh, been great. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to let you go cause you, you've got to work today. I've got to work today, but I, I want to, I want to ask you the same question I've asked every guest since day one. And that's, uh, and I, I can't wait to hear your answer, but what, what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started? I knew you were going to ask that. Everybody <laughs> asked that question. It's the hardest question. If there was one, if I own, of course I have a list. But if I were to answer one question for a brand new agent, I would want that answer to, to cover them for the rest of their career. Hmm. So my answer to that is be a lifelong learner. Hmm. Don't learn something and say, I know this. Don't be afraid of change. The real estate world has changed so much since I entered and being a lifelong learner and always having that thirst for wanting to do something and be a first adopter at something, I think that's what's helped me. 
So I think my first piece of advice for somebody to, for a longevity of a career is to be a lifelong learner. Yeah. Don't get stuck in a rut thinking that you know it all, right? You got to mm-hmm. keep, 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 keep adapting. That's a great answer. I love that. Christina, if somebody wants to reach out to you, say they want some more information about Baton Rouge, um, they want to know where you find gator gear in Baton Rouge, because I don't even know how you do that. Um, <laughs> oh, the internet. Okay, good. Um, what's, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? You know, I, I have, I'm all over the place. Just type my name into Google and you're going to find me. <laughs> okay. uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can go to the website. Uh, you yeah. can always call. My phone number's everywhere. I'm easy to find townandparish.com. Yeah. We'll put all your social handles and stuff in the show notes. So people, you know, if they're listening, they can grab them there. Uh, this has been a ton of fun. I, thank you so much. And by the way, I, I, a quick note, thank you so much for your support to rate my agent. We're, we're very excited that, um, that you've been playing with the tool. And even before, you know, we had, um, the, the data for Baton Rouge and thank you for your help because, uh, it's now, uh, I'm going to announce this to you here on the podcast that within a week or so, we should have that in there with your help. So thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Again, first adopter. So we're the ones, the first brokerage in Baton Rouge to do that. And it's been fun for me uh, to help my agents because a lot of times agents don't want to reach out and ask for reviews. So this is a way that I can help them out and do that for them. So it's, it's just, it's a, it's a win-win for everybody involved. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, thanks for that. And thank you for this conversation. And and I will, I will find you. I will be, I will make a trip. My wife and I, I've been in New Orleans. My wife hasn't. So there's places like New Orleans and Asheville and Memphis and some places we haven't really hung out in. Uh, and we'll come by and say hi and find some jambalaya. Sound good? That's good. That's good. No, I want the other stuff. I want the uh, pasta. The pasta lies. So, okay, um, <laughs> yes, my I'm married to a Yankee. <gasps> the horror. Um, and but my Yankee can make some good pasta laya. So right. even even my son-in-law, who's from down the bayou, he loves my husband's pasta laya. So we will wow. make you some authentic pasta laya. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Awesome, um, Christina. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to the Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. (laughs) 